Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome Kelly Lewis. Kelly Lewis is a women's travel entrepreneur and empowerment leader. She's also the founder of Damesley, a boutique women's tour company and Go Girl Guides, the world's first series of travel guidebooks for women. And last not least, she is the author of this wonderful book that is called Tell Her She Can't, where you will find 35 true stories of unstoppable women. I read it through a few days ago and it's absolutely amazing. It's such an empowering tool and such a, such a wonderful book with so many different ideas which you, which you can read in there. Kelly, do you want to say a few words about yourself? Sure, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I love the mission of what you're doing. It's totally in my, um, in my wheelhouse. This is like what I love to do is to talk to women about empowerment and doing things that other people say that you can't do. Um, so my name is Kelly Lewis. I am a women's travel leader, the founder of the annual Women's Travel Fest conference, which is now in its ninth year. And I run a women's tour company called Damesley and a guidebook company called Go Girl Guides. And then most recently, I just released Tell Her She Can't, um, which is really a bit more about my personal backstory and also features the stories of women who inspire me by doing things that other people say that they can't do. Because we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this message of empowerment, obviously. <laughs> It's clear. Um, Kelly, what, what triggered you to write this book? Why did you do exactly that? It's so funny because I knew that I had a book like this in me, but it really took a few years for me to figure out like what direction it was going to take um, and what it was going to be called. And I remember one day I was in the bath and I kept hearing tell her she can't, tell her she can't. And I was like, oh my God, that's totally my motto. Like, that's just how I am as a human. Like, if you tell me that I can't do something, I will do it to prove you wrong. <laughs> I think that's kind of always how I have been. Um, but when I really traced back, like why I've always been like that, it really came from a place of necessity. You know, I grew up in an environment, unfortunately, that was full of people who were constantly telling me that I couldn't, that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't thin enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't smart enough, that I couldn't do it, that I didn't belong. Um, and it really took building up kind of that mental armor, you know, to get through those times. And, and that started for me when I was like five years old. So I had to kind of be really strong and like listen to that internal beat within me that was like, don't listen to them. Like you are stronger than this. You are better than this, um, to get through it. But, you know, most of my life was a kind of daily battle against these people in my house and these voices, you know, um, that I ended up internalizing. And, you know, I think a lot of my drive, um, in entrepreneurship came from that place of like, I'm going to be better than you. Like just watch, you know, because I was told for so long that I wasn't good enough. And it really, I had to get to a place where I wholeheartedly believed that I could 
before I could write a book like this and before I could stand in front of a book like this. And I think the only way that I could do that was to call in other women, other stories, other people who have been through adversity and hard times and, you know, and find strength through their stories too. So it's really a beautiful project. We got to really share ourselves, not, you know, who we pretend to be or who people think we are, like really, truly our vulnerable selves and talk about the people in our lives who told us that we couldn't do things or the times in which we told ourselves that we couldn't do things. And um, yeah, it, I mean, it came out a, a project of, of pure resilience and um, and grit and, and I'm just so like proud of it. You, know? <laughs> you can be. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You, you said something important. I think it, it's a, it's a true, it's nearly an art to be able to embrace ourselves, including the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. so, it's, so not, not falling into this trap of self-optimization at any, at any cost. And only then, only when I'm better in this or that, or more beautiful or whatever it might be, then I love myself, but really yeah. the life is now. Yeah. And yeah. taking this opportunity to believe in yourself right now, like we are right now. Totally. What I found a uh, uh, first interesting insight to step back before we go into what actually you can do to feel like that <laughs> was that you were outlining um, what people actually mean when they say or think, I can't. Mm -hmm. What do we mean when you say, I can't? When we say, I can't, we really mean that either we don't want to or we don't trust ourselves enough to believe that we can. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's kind of like a gut place that I go. Like if I feel overwhelmed or if I feel anxious, it's easy for me to be just, just like, you know, I just can't like that just closes the door. Um, but it's not really true. Like I can, you know, and I'm always thinking things like this, like, you know, just last night I was like, what if I got into real estate? Like, I don't know anything about real estate. I've only ever been in travel or journalism, you know, but like, there's nothing saying that I can't do that except for me, you know? So like we put these limitations on ourselves and sometimes, you know, we don't want to make waves. I think a lot of times for women, it's like, we don't want to, to stir the pot or, you know, create social, like have people look at us differently or think that we're trying to to achieve more and like all of that, you know, I have also felt and it's, it's silly because it's your life, right? You have to live your life for you. Um, but I think when we say, when we say we can't, it's just an easy kind of cop out and like really, truly you can, you just don't want to, or you're scared. And I think fear stops people from, I mean, everything, how many business ideas were never born because it's too scary or too hard. Um, And it is like life is scary and hard, <laughs> especially in entrepreneurship. Um, but it's not that you can't do it. You can. But when other people are telling you that you can't, like that is their own projection of their stuff that they're putting on you. And I think sometimes when it's our friends and family, they're saying you can't because they're afraid that you're going to fail, right? So it's like their own fear. Like they don't want to see you go through the hard stuff. So they're like, oh, you can't do that. You know, like, what do you know about real estate? <laughs> it's a perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't do that. Um, 
And it's not that they really believe that you're not capable of doing it. They just don't want to see you struggle through figuring it out and maybe failing at it. Um, and then it's also their own kind of stuff, how they've been raised. Like, you can't do that. Like, you're you're changing a status quo or, you know, you're going to be seen as too radicalized or too feminist or too X, Y, and Z. And, um, and again, like, that's all kind of malarkey. You know, it's just their own programming and their own stuff. Um, but it can be really, really debilitating, especially if, you know, you have a great idea for something and you go to someone that you love and trust and they instantly say like, yeah, that's a good idea, but you can't do that. And like, you know, if they don't share that enthusiasm at the first spark of the idea, it's so easy for you to be like, you're right. You're probably right. It's, it sounds like it's too big of a switch for me. And that's such a disservice to ideas and to creation, you know, because you totally can do things. And I always think about this and, and like in the course of writing this book, the one thing that I heard over and over, which I did not expect was that teachers are so sometimes the first people to say that you can't. And that's so sad because it's like, if you say you love writing and you write and you work all night on a project and then your teacher in the fourth grade says, you know, I really don't think writing is a career for you. Like that is so sad to say to a, a kid and it happens all the time. And so they think, oh, maybe I'm not a writer, you know, and it isn't until their 30s or their 40s when they start to think, wait, but I love to write. Why did I think that I couldn't write? And it's like, and it's, it's something as simple as that, just that one little time where you're like, mm, maybe I'll close that box off. And so I think the goal for me in this book was like, let's, let's try to not let that happen, you know? And if somebody tells you that you can't, like, don't let it close that option off to you because you can. You know? <laughs> and it's like such a simple concept, right? Can versus can't like, you know, but it's just, it's remarkable how far that one little word can set you back or change the course of your life. Yeah, it makes a, it, it, it indeed it makes a huge difference if you if you stay limited in your can't I can't yeah it stays you stay there because you heard it once in your life you you you, you took it for the truth yeah. at a certain age maybe when you were even very young potentially and <clears throat> you never questioned it again yeah and I think it, it's probably interesting to say or let's, let's phrase it in another way around very often when people are interested in these kind of topics how they empower themselves it's also about what limiting beliefs do i have what fears yeah. do i have and we try to dig deep into this and find out what is it and it's not so easy to find out actually yeah. sometimes it takes it takes time it, it also takes time to develop a different mindset but on the other hand just for once truly reflecting on when actually do I think about myself, I can't on something that is important that I would love to do or where I know, wow, that would be great, but I can't, yeah, no, it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where does this thought come from? And why do I think that? Has somebody told me that 20 years ago, maybe, and I still believe it. I've never questioned it, maybe. Yeah. So it's it's really an, an interesting, and, and like you said, it's a very simple approach. The simplest approaches are often the most difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. At the end, yeah. I yeah. mean, and if you grew up in an abusive environment like I did, you know, and you were always told that you can't or that like specifically you are not good enough, 
it's really hard because you carry these things around. You know, for me, it was like, I went through my twenties just like with the middle finger out to the world being like, screw you, I'm blazing this trail, I'm doing this thing, you know? And I made a lot of like bold moves in my career and I did a lot of cool things. Um, but then I got to my thirties and I was like, oh my God, I am not okay. <laughs> like, I'm just not, I had so much that I had to unpack and it took me, you know, years of, of therapy and Reiki and like legitimate mirror work and healing. And it is an ongoing process, like yeah. believing that you can do things, um, when, when you've grown up being told that you can't, or when you've grown up believing that you can't because you watched your mother who had limiting beliefs, or you watched your grandmother, you know, who was controlled financially or whatever the situation is. So it goes so deep and it's always, it is always ongoing. And I think that's the other thing to mention is like, you know, books like this, like this one is inspiring because you can see women who are still admittedly going through things, but they have done so much. And I think that's the thing too, because sometimes we read self-help books or personal development books and they make it seem like, you know, healing is just an end point. Like you can get to the end of the mountain. I'm like, you really never can. So, um, so I think, you know, just, just picking up tools to help you on that journey of crossing the mountain um, is sometimes more helpful. Yeah, it's a lifelong learning. It's it's something that we, we truly have to work on. If you want to, we can, yeah. <laughs> we truly have to work on it. However, there are certainly a few first steps to take. Mm -hmm. And it, the title of this talk is Turn Negativity into Fuel. What would you give us an advice? Where can, can people start from when they feel like I'm really trapped into these yeah. negativity thing? I had a hard life. I had difficulties. And even in the past one and a half years, maybe added even onto it on top how do we start? Yeah. So I think that defiance can really be fuel. So it starts with acknowledging that you're hearing this or feeling this, you know, and I think I always think about it as like a marathon runner on like the last mile, like I stuff it down into my stomach. And it's that really basic core fire that's like, no, I can, I can do this. I can do it. You know, I can show everyone I can make it happen for myself. So sometimes I think it comes from defiance and like women are not socialized to be defiant. <laughs> it's not like generally a good word we associate with women. So we have to start by changing that. Um, you know, however inwardly or outwardly you want to project it. Um, but I definitely think that if you start to see negativity as like a part of you that you can harness and push yourself forward, I think that's when negativity really can become fuel. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the classic you know, revenge body after a breakup, right? Like you, you don't need a breakup to get in great shape, but sometimes like that's the impetus. So if you're surrounded by negativity, like you can also take it, put it inside and create it as a fuel source to kind of push yourself through and, and prove everyone wrong. But most importantly, show yourself how strong you are. And I think that's always why I've loved travel in particular is because it's shown me how capable and how strong I am and how I can figure almost anything out. And so like, if you can take the negativity, turn it into fuel and push yourself forward, like springboard off of that, you can show yourself that you are literally unstoppable. And like, there's nothing that you can't figure out or try or do. 
So it's about really doing something rather than just thinking something. At the same time, what you said, it's, it's a bit on both sides. You, you said also you have to understand that you decide what you think about your negativity. And I think that's important to understand that whatever we, whatever limits us, whatever holds us back or what we, we feel like a negative emotion or fear or whatever, if we give it this place of power, it has a place of power. If you say, this is holding me back, I have such a fear of this, I can't can't ever get over it, yeah? Then you give it the power. And on the other end, you can also say, okay, I don't try to just push it aside because that's not possible. I think many people try to push them aside their fears as if they weren't there, mm-hmm. but they are there. Yeah. And if you push them aside, they're still there and you still can't act and you still stay somehow paralyzed in your actions probably. Yeah. What you said is it's a, it's a totally different point of view. It's, it's instead truly looking at it and using it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing it as an asset merely. Yeah. Um, and to use it for yourself yeah. and, and make the shift and allow the shift because you believe in the shift and because you think I can do that. I am the master of my life. I'm the master of myself. There's nobody else in my head. There's me and me and me and me and all the other versions and facets of myself, but I can decide that. So that's it's a very simple like, approach. Yeah. It's almost like reverse internal psychology, like, like doing things because they are hard and scary and because like that is the necessary next step for your own growth or, you know, having fears and letting them exist outside of you and just being like, boop, nope, not going to hold on to that, not internalizing that anymore. And it is so hard. It really is so hard. But it starts by recognizing the language that we use with ourselves and the language that we allow other people to use with us. So something like, you know, can't or, um, hard or like things that things like that that really hold us back from pursuing what we want are are definitely words that I keep note of um and like how and when do I say it to myself and then I'll stop and be like do I really feel like I actually can't do it like normally I'm just afraid I'm just afraid of the expense the time you know the fear of the public like how people are going to really perceive me and like it just you know it's like a fruit roll-up honestly like just it goes back and back and back and like you really have to do the work but number one it starts with recognizing how we speak to ourselves and then it it you have to take it to the next level and build up your mental armor build up your self-love build up your confidence and i honestly think that the best way to do that is by doing the things that are the scariest that are the hardest because you know that you can and like if you have an idea in the back of your head and you've been wanting to do it for a really long time but you get caught up in life or you know relationships or you know but it keeps you up at night or wakes you up at four in the morning and it's nagging at you you have to do that thing like it is your calling and trust that it is not just anxiety at four in the morning like this is truly a thing that is designed for you in your life and so you know every now when i get that and i I get it often it's like okay what is the thing that i am called to do right now because that is my soul's purpose right so in the creation of this book and this is something you know that i've been talking about a lot is like Writing the book was one thing, but being the person who can stand in front of this book and believe it wholeheartedly is completely another. And it has been such a lot of emotional and mental work. And when this book was about to come out, I had nights where I was like, oh, my God, I have to delete my social media. Like, I have to be I'm way too public. You know, I have to hide like this book can't come out. I was terrified by like my inner fears. 
<laughs> and then I thought about like how absurd that is because of the book itself and all of the beautiful stories that are in this book. And I thought like, if they're strong enough, then I'm strong enough. So like, I am my own audience, right? So it's, it's kind of like full circle, but it's so funny how these like limiting beliefs can manifest and, and really like make you think that you can't do it. And the only way to get them to go away is to do it, to actually bring it to life because then it's done. And then you're like, okay, cool. I just wrote this book and guess what? It became a best selling title. <laughs> I'm number one on Amazon in four categories. It has gone on to change lives. And every single day I get emails from women saying, you know, thank you so much for writing this book. I was hiking this mountain and it was so hard and I was going to give up. And then I thought about the stories that I read and it pushed me through. Or I have a dream to write horror books, but I'm an accountant and I'm terrified to make that leap. But this book reminds me that I can. So like that makes everything so worth it because at the end of the day, the only thing I want from this book is for you to realize the potential and the possibility of your life. And I think so often we get kicked around by life. We get influenced by other people's lives and other people's fears. And we forget how we are the driver. We are the pilot of our own lives. You know, we are not the passengers. So yeah, that's a very long tangent, <laughs> but I'm just saying like being afraid never goes away. And I would say that I don't know a single entrepreneur who doesn't feel this way, whether they admit it publicly or not. Um, but doing things that are um, public, um, are scary, but like that is the calling, right? So I had to really reckon with my own ego also in this process and be like, listen, whether the book does well or it doesn't is not my concern. My concern is to fulfill, like I have to fulfill the calling of doing this book, writing this book and putting it out there in the world. And that's it. Like that's my only obligation on a soul level. So, so yeah. So if you're being, you know, pestered by these thoughts or you know, you know, you have a project that you want to invest your time in, like, do it, do it, walk down the path, because that's meant for you. So you shared a lot of key messages in the five minutes before as well, but there was a lot in there. The first thing that I retained was, and I think this is also coming out very nicely in your book with all the stories, including yours, um, that that there were women, there are many women who really succeeded. Yeah. Who, some great successes even in there. Like, my God, wow, I will never be there. You know, when you read it, but what, what is in common with all of them is that they, they were not sure a hundred percent from the start. They, they had anxiety, they had their fears, they had to overcome a lot of inner obstacles and outer obstacles, obviously as well, but they just did it against all odds. And I think this is the, this is the message here that even if we see other people succeeding and we think, ah, she has it easy or she's so successful and everything comes to her like this. Yeah. It's not true. That's I think true. even the most successful people at some point, maybe it's getting easier. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm also in this phase where it's just like sometimes I feel really lonely about doing what I have to do yeah, as an entrepreneur and keeping my business running because if I don't do it, nobody will do it for me. And it is hard. It is hard. And you have all the time to really stick to your dream and believe into it. Even if others say that you are crazy, that will never work out. And, and why did you do this? And so on and so forth. That is one thing that I retained. I think is very important. And another thing which you said is that when you said when your book came out, it was not just about, it has to be a success. Yeah. It has to be a bestseller and all of that. For you, it was important that it fits to your standards. 
that you are satisfied with what it is actually. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important also to understand that at the end, when we start maybe an ambitious project or when we make these courageous steps towards something where we're really scared of, that it's all important that we, we set our own standards and we satisfy these and not the standards of other people or what usually should be yeah something like a success. And I think this is very important to try and to be a success because we try and not just because we had a lot of sales, earned a lot of money or, or had a lot of whatever recognition from the outside. I think that was a very compelling message. Yeah, I mean, I I have had a lot of success as a trailblazer in the women's travel industry. And yet I feel like constantly like I'm doing it all wrong. So, yeah, like I know that I could have done it better in certain places. I'm always thinking like, you know, what, what could I, how could I be more organized, etc. But like everyone thinks that. And what was interesting too, in the course of this book, like I spoke to women who you know, have Guinness world records, like who really are remarkable, who have done incredible things. And almost every single woman in this book told me like, oh, well, you know, compared to her story, like my story is, is nothing. And it's, it's like, we minimize ourselves even in the most empowered places. So, you know, and I think that I thought that was so interesting. And I was like, you know, some of my favorite stories in this book are really just the regular stories of women, you know, getting out of relationships or, you know, creating new lives for themselves. Like you don't have to win a world record to do something cool and to reshape your life. And so I just thought I always, it stuck with me that every, almost every woman said that. And, you know, I think that's just like such a, an important thing to say is like, even when you're doing cool things, you don't think like you will always set the bar higher. You know, there's always more places to go, but it's like, how do you feel about your accomplishments? Do you feel like you fulfilled the calling? Do you feel like you created the thing that you needed to create as a human, as a, as a soulful person? So, so yeah, I just wanted to say that because I don't know that, you know, I don't know that we all do. And the only way to, to do bigger things is to keep pushing yourself to, to create the things that scare you the most. You know, like when I started women's travel fest, I had zero experience in planning a conference. And now it's like one of the world's largest events. And I, you know, would get four or 500 people together. So it's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it anyway. You know, I didn't know how to publish travel guide books. I just decided that I was going to figure it out. So everything you can figure out, um, you just have to give yourself the permission. And that's how it starts. What would you give as a, as a last advice um, when it comes to making this step? Because I can imagine that many who are listening now think, yeah, great, but I'm really too scared. I can't, I can't make this famous courageous step. How, what, what can I do? Yeah. What, can I, what can I do? Well, start small. You know, like you don't have to create McDonald's tomorrow. Like you can start by working on recipes that work for yourself and your family. You can start with a food truck. You can start, you know, like start small, just create, you know, do what feels the best for you and believe that you can do it and like keep focused on a bigger dream if you have it, but also like don't compare yourself to other people because maybe you don't need to do that. Like maybe that's not for you in life. So just stay focused on what feels good to you and remind yourself again and again that you are strong and you are capable and you are powerful and that you can. So just continue to give yourself permission day in and day out 
and walk the path. You know, I think not everyone needs to be a YouTube sensation. You know, not everyone needs to create, you know, a huge beauty brand. But like, what, what, what do you want for your life? Like, what would you do with your life if you could reimagine every little detail of it? If you could be in your perfect alignment, what would that look like? And spend time sitting in that place often and remind yourself that you have everything that you need to get to that place. And it might require some money at some point, but like, guess what? Money is fluid. Like money is energy and it is always around us. So I think, and that's the other thing too, is like, you can't use money as an excuse as to why you can't, right? Cause you always can. So yeah. So stop telling yourself that you can't <laughs> go out and do the thing that you know that you want to do. And then write me an email and tell me about how you did it. <laughs> it's like, I love sharing these kinds of stories. Great. Thank you very much, Kelly. The time flies and we are already over with our half hour interview. I enjoyed it very much. I could have talked with you for another hour. <laughs> really fun. Yeah. yeah, indeed. So thank you very much for these wonderful insights. And I'm sure that the, the listeners here can do something with it. It's just a question of self-empowerment. Thank you very much for that message. Yeah. And if they ever want to, you know, get a hold of me, I'm all over the internet at go Kelly Lewis, uh, or at tell her she can't. This was another episode of empowering female leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.